Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Greg Amzinger, lead anchor of MLB Network, product of the Lindenwood University and, of course, native St. Louis, and joins us. Greg, how are you doing this morning? I'm walking through my closet right now, Randy, trying to pick out the best outfits for the big live reveal of the top 100 right now. The top 10 is tonight. We will announce who the best player in baseball is, and i got to wear an outfit that actually fits the level of show. Is Nolan Arenado going to be in the top 10, please? Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt will both be in the top yes. 10. And uh, <laughs> that, will make, that will make our top 10 – the oldest top 10 we've ever had. Uh-uh. The top 20, we, we revealed 20 through 11 last night. The top 20 is the oldest top 20 in baseball that we've ever had. And I really believe this show kind of tells you the state of the game. We, obviously, these guys are, are in the top 20 because they all had great years in 2022. What did we see in the offseason? We saw free agency take contracts into guys you know, after the age of 40. So we're seeing contracts we've never seen before because players are taking care of their bodies in ways we've never seen before, leading to the state of the game where the top 20 players in baseball are older than they've ever been before. That's just one of the many revelations, by the way, that you learn by doing this this practice of the top 100 right now. Well, Greg, I'm glad that you do have uh, Nolan and, and, and Goldie in your top 10 because uh, MLB.com has Manny Machado as the best third baseman in the World Baseball Classic and Freddie Freeman as the best first baseman in the World Baseball Classic. What are your thoughts about that? It's a tough debate. It really is. Uh, it's hard to go against Paul Goldschmidt after what he did last year. Freddie Freeman just proved so much. When you change uniforms and you've only worn one leading up to 2022 and then you cry like every other day like Freddie did in the offseason leading up to opening day because he he didn't want to play for the Dodgers he wanted to stay with the Braves and then he still put together incredible numbers in a career high in stolen bases Uh, Freddie Freeman's on the Hall of Fame highway to me it's a toss-up between those two guys I think Freddie's been more consistent and I, I know it's hard for Cardinal fans to believe, but what I mean by that is Paul Goldschmidt, like you saw in October, he, he can lose it. He, he can go like two or three weeks where he, he kind of like is lost in his own head, and, and he still ends up putting great cumulative numbers for the year, whereas Freddie Freeman doesn't do that. He is a machine, one of the more consistent players in the game. Now, as I say that, it's not set in stone that Freddie Freeman is ranked closer to number one on our show tonight than Paul Goldschmidt. I do not know the order, but our list has been different than the analytically driven Brian Kenny top 10 positional shows. So fingers crossed that they get it right and Goldie's closer to number one. 
Hey, Greg, another list that MLB put together was the 20 greatest games of the last 50 years, and I enjoyed watching it. Bob Costas and Tom Verducci getting players that played in those games. But it was striking to me that in the last 50 years that the people that put this list together didn't see fit to put 2011 World Series Game 6 in there or any game that involved the Cardinals. It's really surprising that the Cardinals, with all of their success, could not have played in one of the top 20 games of the last 50 years. It's a really good point. Uh, what I can tell you is that that series of shows, uh, and and you can you can see this based on Tom Berducci's hair and outfits, <laughs> it was taped in February of 2011. So they actually need to go. Oh yeah, they fix it. <laughs> okay, they need to update the series a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Okay, now, good. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Now, now the the Sandberg game is, I think, a, a, an amazing baseball game that I'm shocked did not crack the top fifty. But I will say, most of the games on their list are are pennant driven, uh, epic playoff games or games that led to deciding a pennant. So um, I, I understand that, but mm-hmm. you're right. 2011 Game Six, they need to redo it, like kind of refreshing this series. Uh, although, if you're Tom Verducci, you hope they don't, because he looks dashing. He looks like he's 28 years old. Bob Costas hasn't changed shows. a bit. He, he looks exactly <laughs> the same. It is. It is um, remarkable. I don't know how Bob has any friends his own age. <laughs> if, if I'm Bob's age. I'm kind of angry with him because he makes me look even older than I really am. Uh, but Bob is wildly popular. And look, at him. there are many different ways people are taking care of themselves. He, I know he's not a big drinker. I've had Pinot Noir, a little light red wine with Bob before at dinner. Um, and I, I, maybe he sleeps in one of those chambers, like my friend John Smoltz did when he played. A lot of questions we need to ask Bob Casas. Hey, Greg, we were uh, talking to Mike Claiborne a couple of days ago, and he was saying that Tyler O'Neill asked for an opportunity to play center field. What do you think about that? And, and is that a, a good move for him and for this Cardinals team? Well, Mike Claiborne made a move uh, to just white wine, and I, and I had some white <laughs> wine with Mike Claiborne. And I think it's really helped him in many ways. Um, he looks terrific, by the way, Mike yeah. Claiborne. Wow, what, what a transformation and, and what a personality. I mean, holy smokes, you get lost in the conversation <laughs> with Mike Claiborne. And it, three hours later, you're like, well, I just missed my flight. <laughs> it's an incredible experience to hang out with Mike Claiborne. Uh, but, you know, I look, there's a formula to the top 100 of when I said more than many revelations that we've learned. And it's going to get back to Tyler O'Neill, I promise. Uh, we've been doing this, this top 100 since 2011. And what we found is no team heading into that season won the World Series, eventually won the World Series, without having five top 100 players on our list. Hmm. You have to have five to win the World Series. This is going all the way back to 2011. The Cardinals going into... 2023, I have really sad news to report, St. Louis. Cardinals have four top 100 players. Four. Tyler O'Neill was on the list last year. He's not on the list this year because obviously he had a bad year. But that's kind of the difference maker for this team. He has to get back, and I said this a year ago, that he was the most important Cardinal a year ago. Mm-hmm. But I think Tyler O'Neill and Jack Flaherty have a chance to be top 100 players 
and impact this team in immense ways. But as it stands right now, the Cardinals are on the outside looking in because they have four. Do you know who has five? Who? Well, there are many teams with more than five, but the Texas Rangers have a better chance at winning the World Series than the St. Louis Cardinals. There are four teams that don't have a single player on the top runner right now. The Boston Red Sox have one player on the top 100 right now, Rafael Devers. The two teams with the most players on the top 100, which means this should be your World Series favorite going in. This is what we're expecting. Both teams have eight, eight players in the top 100, the Astros and the Mets. No surprise there. No surprise (laughs) at all. And, by the way, if those two wound up playing in the World Series, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Hey, Greg, there's a great piece by John Denton at MLB.com talking about how Giovanni Gallegos is going to have to navigate the pitch clock. He was one of, if not the slowest pitcher in Major League Baseball last year. Who do you think, because Gallegos is a reliever, but from your observation and having to work late at night watching MLB games, what pitcher will be most affected by the pitch clock in Major League Baseball? No one's going to understand this when I say it. Um, he's former Cardinal farmhand. Zach Gallen has been a breakout star for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Terrific pitcher. Now, he is an oddity. He's one of the more efficient pitchers. That means quick to home plate when no one's on base. But once you get on base, I think he became the fourth slowest, most deliberate pitcher in baseball. And that change in how he automatically becomes more uncomfortable. All the numbers go way through the roof. Opponents, batting average, everything. Hard hit rate when guys are on base. He likes you know, not, he likes coming through the windup. He likes doing his thing with no one on base. And he's a dominant pitcher in the game today, but he, he really struggles when guys are on base. Now the pitch clock, I asked Zach Gallon earlier in the series at Top 100 right now, and first off, I had to apologize. It, it was the first time he'd ever been on it. And he was actually salty that he had never been on the show before, <laughs> even though he's had a couple of great years. Um, but I, I said, look, are, are you getting ready for life changing with this pitch clock? Because you're the fourth slowest on plate when there are guys on base. And you can tell in his answer that there was frustration that he has to think about a pitch clock. And I really think, and I, I, again, he plays out West, like you mentioned. I do a lot of West Coast live look-ins when I'm on late on MLB tonight, and I can tell the difference when there were guys on base. So even though he's not one of the mega stars, which I'm more than likely you were, that's what you were hoping for, Zach Gallen is a, a top 10 pitcher in the National League right now, and I think he's got a rude awakening when the pitch clock comes. Do you think that with, with the pitch timer and, and the clock that – the, the premium on base ceiling is going to go up. Do you think we'll get back to, to 50, 60, uh, 100 stolen bases by, by one player? Is that a potential? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, Julio Rodriguez, who debuted in the top 100, number 16 last night. It's a great debut. May I remind you, Mike Trout debuted at, at number one after mm-hmm. his rookie year. I, I, think, I think Julio Rodriguez could be a 40-40 player. Um, he's one of three rookies ever to have 25, at least 25 homers and to at least 25 stolen bases in a year, joining Trout and my colleague Chris Young to do it. Um, but you know, a lot of people expect you know, 1980s-style baseball to return in 2023. May I just slow that roll a bit? Because players today, eventually we're going to get there, players that are grandfathered into this new world of the pitch timer and bigger bases and restrictions on how many times you can throw to first base, they're not that into stolen bases right now. 
They have been trained to not really be into it all that much. Mike Trout is not stealing more than five bases, okay? You're going to see some guys maybe get to 20, uh, but this collection of major leaguers aren't that into it. Julio Rodriguez, after his rookie year, uh, he's still kind of into it. But we're going to need probably four to five, six years where these minor leaguers who are using all of these new rules uh, in in amateur baseball are going to come up, and they're still into stolen bases and how they impact the game. So I don't think it's going to be a gigantic difference compared to what we were used to in 2022. Do you think organizations are going to start putting more of a premium on guys that can steal bags? Yeah, I asked uh, Theo Epstein, uh, who works for the league office, many of these rules were kind of pushed forward by him. Uh, and I said, look, you were one of the great roster constructors of all time, winning a couple championships with the Red Sox and the Cubs. With these new rules in place, would you draft, develop minor leaguers differently? He goes, absolutely. He goes, I would actually address free agency differently with these new rules. He goes, I understand why the, Minnesota, the Seattle Mariners did what they did. They immediately, immediately acquired Colton Wong to play second base. Hmm. They have addressed the new rules with their roster additions and you're going to see teams do that. It's, it's it's the inevitable future because this game, as we know it, is different than what we've seen the last 20 years. Hey, Greg, one last thing for you, and this is in regards to your top 100. And I just want your opinion. Adolis Garcia, former Cardinal, number 99. Zach Gallen, former Cardinal, number 69. He was in the Ozuna trade. Randy Rosarena, number 62. Sandy Alcantara, number 13. That's four of the top 100, and the Cardinals only have Matthew Libertor to show for them. Should we take out of it the positive that the Cardinals recognized and developed the talent or the negative that they have nothing to show for the guys? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I would say both. How about that? Right? Yeah. Um, it, it's a different department when you're drafting players, right, signing international players, than trading for other players or other teams' prospects. Those are two different departments within your organization. You have scouts that uh, are following the young talent of other clubs if you decide to make a trade. Then you have the other side of your department that is looking for international players to sign and looking for prospects to draft. So you can see the clear divide on which side of the of the room deserves a promotion and the other side it's kind of got the evidence in their face that they failed a bit. Uh, I think Sandy Alcantara being the, the number one pitcher in baseball, by the way, closest to number one than, than Scherzer and Verlander, that one really stings because everything about him screams super talent for years to come. But since you asked me one more thing, I'm going to ask you one more thing you before I leave. I played played this game last night. Uh, Harold didn't want to play it at all. He's going to be on the show with me tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but this is a fun game. I want you guys to play it real quick. Start, bench, cut. Okay, we man. all know the top three players in baseball are Trout, Otani, and Judge. Start, bench, oh. cut. Those three players, Otani, Trout, and Judge. Go. All right. I am starting Shohei Otani because he's two players in one. Me too. Greg, this is tough because (laughs) Judge has had his durability issues. Trout has had his durability issues. I believe because of the multiple things that Trout does, the fact that he can steal bases, that he's a premier center fielder, I'm going to bench Trout, and I'm going to cut Aaron Judge. I'm probably going to flip it. I'm going to cut... Trout and bench Aaron Judge. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's a good game. It's a fun <laughs> How game. about you? What are you doing? I am starting Shohei Otani. I am benching Aaron Judge, 
and I'm cutting Mike Trout. And the oh. only reason for that is this back thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling a Carlos Correa on Mike Trout. You know, this invisible ankle injury from 2014 that cost Correa $100 million. <laughs> uh, the back the back story with Mike Trout gave me the out. So I'm going to go with a healthy $360 million Aaron Judge as my guy on the bench. Did you know? I think, I think, I, I think your listeners would enjoy this game. It's, Not it's, that I'm trying to tell you what to do in your show, <laughs> but I mean, I've been known to do that at my own place of employment. But you know, it's, it's a fun game. Let's do it. And by the way, Greg Google, I don't know if you're aware of this. Aaron Judge's personal hitting coach. We've had him on the show. He's right here in St. Charles, Missouri. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my old basketball coach at St. Charles High, Charlie Meeker, is dear friends with him, and he has sent me videos of him like in a gym playing soft toss with Aaron Judge. I'm like, how the hell do you know Aaron Judge? <laughs> crazy. Yeah, he's got great thoughts, too. We've had him on the show, and he's really compelling. Greg, we'll be tuned in tonight. Thanks so much for the time. We always appreciate it. Love you, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, guys. Take care. It's fun. See you. Take care. That's Greg Amsinger, lead anchor, MLB Network, product of uh, the Lindenwood University, and, of course, a native of St. Louis.